Father, we thank you once again for the privilege, the privilege and the pleasure of coming together, Lord, with uh, all of the uh, sequestering and everything that's going on, Lord. What a what a joy after after being locked down for so long in the spring. What a joy to be able to come here to see familiar faces, to give elbow bumps and everything, Lord, um, thank you. Thank you for keeping us healthy in all of this, Lord. Yes, we've had a few that have been affected, but, but nobody's been in ICU, nobody's been on a vent, Lord, from our church family, and, and we are just uh, so, so grateful to you uh, for keeping us. And Lord, as the, as the new strains uh, come along and, and all that that means, God, continue, we pray, to strengthen our immune systems, to keep us healthy. Lord, help us to make good health choices, uh, to, to work with you to keep our bodies healthy. And uh, may you keep these doors open that we can continue to fellowship in your presence and around your word. And we just give you all the glory and all the honor. And let's pray that prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Good to know in our day and our time. All right. His is the, the kingdom and the glory and the power. He's, uh, he's got it all under control. Even when the world looks like it's out of control. Man's out of control, but God's perfectly in control. Amen. Like that uh, verse in the Psalms that says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Uh, He's just got to shake his head at us sometimes and all of our uh, carry-ins on and and things that we think that we can do on our own and our independence as human beings. But uh, he holds all the cards and that gives me a lot of peace and comfort and hope coming up. Amen. Well, happy Valentine's Day, first of all, to my beautiful wife, but to all of you, happy Valentine's Day. It's quiet in here today, I think because the furnace just turned off. Thank you, Paul, uh, for and Jack and whoever else uh, was a part of, we do have heat in the addition. Yay! And it's quite warm in there, so uh, it's it's working fine. Uh, again, because of these guys and their ingenuity and abilities, um, we are able to save thousands of dollars on an install, and uh, hopefully this uh, furnace will be with us for many, 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 many years to come. And obviously, thanks to the Lord for his goodness to us in uh, his blessing getting everything done and and, uh, found uh, the right one and the right time and uh, 
even setting beforehand people uh, who would have the gifts that he's uh, given them. So all the glory and praise to him. Amen. Okay, well, go ahead this morning and turn to the Gospel of John. We'll continue in our series in John this morning. By the way, Alex, did you see I have a video at the Okay. Didn't have a chance to touch base this morning. John chapter 10. And as you're turning this morning, I think most of us are familiar with this gentleman in the picture here, who used to be the voice of Verizon and uttered those immortal words. Can you hear me now? Right? Thankfully, uh, since that first came out, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago or whatever, cell reception has improved uh, over the last decade or so. We have uh, don't have nearly the dead spots that we had uh, at one time. But now think about it. Uh, how do those dead spots come about, right? They happen because you travel out of range, don't they? And in those places, it's difficult to make a connection. Well, the same thing happens, can happen to us spiritually. Uh, Though God has been transmitting his message of love uh, and his plan for humanity, he's been transmitting that message from the beginning. Uh, As we learned way back in John, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, God was communicating something to people. Um, humanity, uh, including all of us, we can find ourselves chasing after the things of this world and getting into places where the reception's kind of low, can't we? We have trouble hearing his voice. And that's exactly what's happening here in John chapter 10, uh, what happened to Israel's leadership. Let's look at it. Um, beginning at verse 22 of John 10. It says this, at the time of the Feast of Dedication, at that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. If you uh, would be familiar of this huge temple area, it was um, around the edges, was areas, oh, probably two-thirds as wide of the church and columns um, on all four sides. Well, three of them anyway. And on the one side, it was called Solomon's Colonnade, and that's where uh, Jesus stood and taught a lot in that area. Um, And others uh, met there various times and, and things. So there they are in the temple. And the Jews gather around him. And they said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. I want to entitle the message this morning appropriately, Can You Hear Me Now? Can you hear me now? These, these scriptures won't be going up, but uh, John, John 5, 17, Jesus said God was his father. Right. John, John 5, 26, 
he said, I have life in myself and I have authority to execute judgment. John 5.32, he said, John the Baptist and the Father both testified about him. John 5.35, I am the bread of life. John 8.12, I am the light of the world. John 8.58, before Abraham was, I am. And then John 10.14, which we read just recently, I am the good shepherd. All of these statements saying over and over that he was indeed the Christ the son of the living God, the promised one who was to come. And if that wasn't all, right? He says, the works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me. Verse 26, but you do not believe. He told them over and over and over and over. But they do not believe. Years ago, I was talking to a pastor who had a couple in his church, had been there for years, and they were having some pretty serious uh, marital problems. And the husband was one of these guys, unfortunately, that uh, wanted to get rich quick. And he would, uh, rather than taking responsibility and getting a steady job, he would bounce from one thing to another thing. This is it. I'm going to make a whole lot of money in a whole little amount of time. And uh, with a lot of uh, unfortunate unemployment in between. And uh, go figure, his wife got a little irritated with that year after year after year. And basically uh, supported the family herself. And she came to the point finally where she threatened to leave him if he didn't start counseling with the pastor. So the pastor counseled with him for about a year um, through that time, he promised uh, to make changes uh, in his life, but nothing changed. And finally, she had had enough, and she sued him for divorce, uh, though not with the backing of the church. Um, but as this process was going on, her husband, still legally married, began a relationship with someone else. And as I recall, she, uh, being a Christian, contacted the pastor to just, you know, verify that this divorce was imminent, um, that uh, she wanted to be sure as a Christian, you know, that she could move ahead with this. And since she had opened that door, the pastor thought, well, maybe um, what I can do is gently and tactfully um, kind of let this young lady know what she's in for, what she's getting involved with here. And so he, he did that. And when he got her reply, he was stunned. He was blown away. She went up one side of him and down the other. Uh, you've heard the expression, love is blind, right? Well, she was already so emotionally invested that she would not see the truth. Even when it was given to her gently, lovingly, in her best interest by a pastor, someone that she, you know, uh, should have had esteem for, uh, she wouldn't hear any of it. And just, I mean, um, came back with, with, with a vengeance. But, you know, as, as I think of that story, um, there's a lot of things 
that can blind us to the truth, aren't there? Especially when accepting that truth will bring about some kind of change in our lives that we don't particularly want to make. Things that we may not want to let go of, uh, relationships, positions, possessions, uh, just the comfort of the status quo. Or if we have future hopes and, and dreams tied up in something, or simply because we can't admit sometimes that we're wrong. I know this doesn't resonate with anybody but me, but, you know, sometimes things like that can blind us to the truth. And in the case of the Pharisees uh, here in our text, it was a combination of a lot of those. They had worked their way into these highly respected, lucrative leadership positions. Um, They had a theology all set in their minds where the Messiah was going to come riding on a white horse and overthrow Rome and restore Israel to its former glory. And guess who was going to be at his right hand and at his left, so to speak? It would be them. It would be those who were who were so diligent and so, you know, uh, and, and already had these positions. So they had this thing all worked out in their mind. And then along comes Jesus. He's got no white horse. He's got no promise to overthrow Rome. And he's got this this ragtag entourage of uneducated uh, fishermen, uh, rabble, right? Uh, Even a tax collector. I mean, say what? Right? So invested were they in their hearts from what they had and what they thought was coming, they couldn't see, they wouldn't see the truth when he was standing right in front of them. Never deviating from the scriptures. And as he says here, doing the works that he did in his father's name, miracle after miracle after miracle, things that nobody had ever done before. All of these things testifying to the truth of who he is. And they wouldn't see it. They wouldn't see it. They did not believe, Jesus said, because you are not among my sheep. You're not part of my flock. Because let me tell you, Jesus is saying here, what happens with my sheep? Let me, let, me, let me contrast this for you. Let me tell you what happens with my sheep. First of all, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. How many times do we read where Jesus says, like in Matthew eleven fifteen, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Right? A lot of times in his parables, using those same words. He who has ears to hear. What does it mean to have ears to hear? How many familiar with the term selective hearing? No elbows, please. (laughs) Every man here understands it. Ah, the ladies can do it too, though, can't they? (laughs) We all have the ability to tune out things that we're not really interested in listening to, right? Or 
We are so busy trying to think up a rebuttal to what somebody just said that we not listen to the next, you know, a uh, few minutes as we're rehearsing our answer in our mind, right? For what we're going to say. Never happens, does it? <clears throat> you. Come on, if you can't say amen, at least say, oh my. <laughs> right? Having ears to hear means that we're listening. It means that we are engaged with an open mind, right? With the intent of understanding. That's what it means to have ears. Their minds were already made up, weren't they? The Pharisees, teachers of the law. They had already decided how everything was going to work out. And it didn't really matter that what they were believing and doing didn't really line up with the word of God, with the law that they held up as the highest standard. What they were doing didn't really line up. Jesus uh, several times said, well, you, you, you know it's written this, but I tell you this, you know, um, he who hates his brother is a murderer. He who looks at a woman with lust is an adulterer. You, you guys are just taking it to this level. You're not really getting to the heart of what the word even says. They had fit the word basically into their own mold, uh, sometimes cutting corners to make it fit, right? But we never do stuff like that. <clears throat> uh, but my sheep, my sheep, Jesus said, they hear my voice. Their ears are open. And isn't it amazing sometimes how the Lord in his mercy brings us to a place where our ears are open? Sometimes through tragedy and loss, Sometimes when we've been when we've been humbled, where we have nowhere else to go and we have nowhere else to look but up, right? When we realize that we weren't as on top of things and indestructible as we thought we were. God's mercy, right? In the case of my dad, who never wanted to hear anything about the Lord, always arm's length, suddenly in his 90s, he realized that he couldn't. Uh, rid himself of burdens that he had been carrying for years and years and years and year, decades and decades. So however we get there with ears to hear, when his voice comes, we hear it. Okay? My sheep hear my voice. We hear it, and with open ears we receive it as truth, the truth of the gospel. The truth of his love for us, the truth of his plan for our lives. And he says this, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them, Jesus says. I know them. Now this is, this is a profound statement right here because this is more than simple recognition. You gotta, gotta follow me here. This is where the original language helps us out a whole lot, because this is the same word that's used in Luke chapter one. When Mary says, when the, when the angel comes to her and she says, you're, you're going to have a child and, uh, and, and you're going to call his name Jesus and, and tells, tells her the whole thing. And she says, how can this be since I am a virgin? Right. How, how can this happen in the original Greek? It says, 
How can this be, quote, since a man I know not? That same word, know, is the same word that Jesus is saying here, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Think about that for a minute. Now, we're not talking about something physical here in our text, but we are talking about something profound. We are talking about something that in the same manner is a very close and personal interaction between us and God. His spirit and our spirit coming together, intermingling. 1 Corinthians 6.17, he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Or do you not know, verse 19, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Close, personal interaction with Almighty God, spirit to spirit. My sheep hear my voice, and this takes place. I know them. Our spirits are joined. And as a result, Jesus says, they follow me. They follow me. His spirit, the Holy Spirit living in us, then leading us throughout our lives. As we continue to listen for that voice as we continue with an open mind and an open heart, intently listening for that voice to hear, to understand. And, he says, I give them eternal life. Verse 28. We talked about that in John 1.4, eternal life. I mean, it's it's. Too huge to, to wrap our minds around, but uh, John 1, 4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Let me try in a paragraph to try to highlight that. His spirit, first of all, fellowshipping with us, right? That spirit-to-spirit interaction, that spirit-to-spirit connection. He's fellowshipping with us, giving us love, giving us joy. And then revealing his promises to us, which gives us strength and peace and hope for the future. Leading us in his ways, which brings us uh, blessing, right, into our lives, success into our lives uh, and, and our relationships. When we do things his way. And then using us using us to bring that same gospel of his love and grace to others, which gives us, what? Eternal purpose. All these things, life to us. Life, eternal. So do you see it this morning? First of all, we must have ears to hear not stubbornly set in our ways, but listening for that voice of God with an open heart, 
hearing that voice, hearing the message of God's love and salvation through Jesus Christ. And then we believe it, right? We believe it, we hear it, we receive it as truth. We put our faith in that message. And then he comes to us in that moment, spirit to spirit, joining together at the deepest level of our being. And now that relationship continues eternally, life, as we continue to listen to his voice, the good shepherd fellowshipping with us, leading us in the way that we should go. So what do we do with all this? Well, first of all, can you hear him now? That's the question. Can you hear him now? Do you have ears to hear? Have you heard the message of God's love and salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Have you believed and been joined to him in spirit? If not, I want to invite those here and those who are watching or listening online to just open your heart even now and join me in prayer. You say, Lord, I want that. My, my ears are open, Lord. I have heard your voice this day. And I want to open my heart to you and I want to let you in. I thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me to forgive me of my sins. I thank you, Lord, for wanting to have a relationship with me and to grant me eternal life. But, Lord, not just heaven someday, but the life of knowing you and walking with you. So, Lord, I open that door of my heart and I say, come in. I want to know you. I want to be known by you. I want to be born from above. Touch me, Lord, in your grace. And help me to continue to walk with you with my ears wide open, listening for your voice, following you. And I thank you for it, Lord. In your awesome name. And if you have them in your heart, are you still listening for his voice? Do you still have ears that are open for his words of love, his promises, his direction for your life? And are you following that voice? You know, you and I can still chase after the things of this world, can't we? And we can find ourselves getting out of range. We can find ourselves with a poor connection. I think we've all been there at one time or another, haven't we? But the good news is that the Bible says that God allows you turns. Not in those exact words, but he does. James 4.8 tells us, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. We don't have to drive another 50 miles to meet with God. Basically, all we have to do is turn around and say, Lord, I want, I want to come back. 
I want to come back into closeness. I want to come back into range. I want to hear your voice clearly, Lord. That's my heart. If that's your heart, tell him so this morning. Just say, Lord, that's that's what I want. I'm, I'm, I'm turning around. In this area of my life, I'm turning around. I want to hear you. I want to know that that love and that joy. I want to know that peace, that strength and that hope and that purpose. And I thank you, Lord, that as I draw near to you, you promise to draw near to me. Thank you, Lord. May we walk together in your love and grace. In your awesome name, I gratefully pray. Amen and amen.